0: And welcome to episode eight of the Chirping the Cats podcast. I'm your host, David Dwork, and with me for this episode is WPLG's Ian Margle. Ian, thank you for joining the podcast as uh, we've got a special one this week. Uh, We're going to basically go through the roster and uh, just discuss where we feel like each player is at to this point of the season as uh, we're we're at the holiday break, basically. We're going into uh, the end of the year. So it's a good time to just go up and down the roster. And uh, and assess what we think, because Ian, as I introduced you, but you haven't said anything yet. Ian, say hi. Hi, guys. Lots of hot takes. There we go. There we go. Um, Now, Ian and I have known each other for a while, but um, only recently did we start actually sitting down and watching hockey games together. And it was then that I felt confident that uh, his hockey prowess and knowledge was at the level that we could uh, break things down on the podcast. He just
1: learned he could trust me. Yeah,
0: pretty much. It's, a, it's an exercise in <laughs> not trust. To tank, not to tank his podcast. There we go. Nah, it's all good, man. And what I like, Ian, is that we have similar perspectives because both of us are hockey players and both of us play the same position. And uh, Both of us are crazy goaltenders. Yeah, exactly. So it's a good perspective to have, and, and it's nice that even though uh, we're both in the crease, uh, we definitely can argue about a f- things here and there, and I'm sure we'll get to that Sure. as we make it through. But let's just get started. We're going to go numerically- just to keep things simple. So starting it off with number one, Roberto. Uh, not my bad. I'm
1: sorry. Oh, no, uh, I miss Roberto, man. And he's we see him all the time. It's it's not like he's not around the team, and I still miss him. Yeah, still miss seeing uh, that number one on the ice. Well, at least he's around all the time.
0: It's really cool to see him around, and I'm hoping that eventually we can get get him on the uh, the podcast because that would be just like goalie nerding out for me. Just like, dude, what's your favorite pads, man? <laughs> you know, that's basically what it would be.
1: Uh, he's, I mean. Uh, just growing up down here, obviously a uh, an idol of every goaltender, young and old. Oh, yeah. down here in South Florida, actually, uh, across the across the country, and I would say uh, North America. So, but let's start at uh, maybe number two yes. instead of number one. Josh Brown,
0: uh, he he showed up last year. We knew kind of that we had a, a solid young defensive defenseman, and really, um, when he's been at his best this year, he's showing that good body control and doing a really good job of separating the man from the puck. As I went through my notes throughout the season, uh, I noticed that I'd written that a lot about Josh, that he's really good at separating the puck carrier from the puck, and uh, especially in the defensive zone where he's done that really well uh, when he's at his best. He's strong in his skates, and just overall, Ian, he's a really
1: solid defensive defenseman for somebody 26 years old is young for a defenseman. And that's something we need, and that's something that the Panthers have needed for so long, right, was a solid defensive defenseman, and I think Q likes his game a lot. I really do. I mean, you you speak with Q more often than I have, obviously, uh, but I think Q really likes... Q loves this possession game and keeping... Look, keeping the other team away from the puck, that's how you're going to win a hockey game. Absolutely. And Josh's ability to, you said it perfectly, separate the opposing team's forwards from the puck, while also being... Pretty sound in his positioning, I would say, most of the time. Yeah, because while Brownie's he's not, like, jumping off the page at you,
0: that's not necessarily a bad thing as a defenseman. When you're not thinking about the defenseman, then they're not making mistakes. They're not noticeable. Or as Twinville likes to say, he likes to use the word predictable in a very positive way. He likes it when his players can be predictable. And as you were talking about Brownie, I'm just thinking he's become very predictable. He's not super high. He's not super low. He goes out there. He does his job. And as a young defenseman, you know there's going to be you know bumps on the road, but overall, you've got to be pretty pleased with where Josh Brown basically came out of nowhere.
1: Talk about defensemen coming out of nowhere, and we'll get to you know Weger uh, and the others later, but I think that's what this team has done a really good job of, was drafting later, bringing these guys who were not first—I mean, look, Aaron Eckblad, who was your first pick, and we'll talk about him again in a few minutes— but. Bringing guys that weren't necessarily the highest round draft pick and getting a good return out of them—it's almost heat esque, right? Yeah. If you think about other South Florida sports,
0: no, Talon has done a good job of—he's drafted well. He—he's definitely built that foundation, that strong foundation, and we're starting to uh, to reap the benefits of it slowly but surely. I mean, obviously you've got the the big guys that have right. been doing their things since you know the high draft picks, but as you said, it's the middle and the late round picks that are that are starting to to form in, and
1: it's nice to see. And you use the word predictable, and I think another word for it is dependable. Yeah, right? absolutely. If, if you are, especially for a defenseman, maybe not so much for an off, for an offensive player, but if you are predictable as a defenseman, that translate to translates to dependability as well.
0: Yeah, and that's what Q was looking for. Right. That, that's what the way he uses the word predictable, he uses it as as if to say consistent. And that's what that blue line needed. Yeah, for sure. And now to Brownie's recent defensive partner uh, over the last few games, Keith Yandel. Uh, Keith Yandel, uh, it's tough for me to talk to people about Yandel because with Keith Yandel, he is such a great offensive defenseman and he's so good at doing his job. I'll say that again. He's doing his job. That's what he's getting paid to do is put up points, be a solid, maybe not outstanding defenseman. And yeah, he's going to make mistakes. Like it's going to happen. You just you take the good with the bad. And with Keith Yandel, it's so much more than just the production on the ice. He is the glue in that locker room. It's like every goofy story I've done or everything about, you know, behind the scenes stuff, Yandel is in some way, shape, or form in the middle of it. And his value to this team is just stretches so far beyond 30 points this year already, right. still, Ian. So, right. like, what are we talking 20, about 26
1: here? 26 assists. Yeah, that's un- for a defenseman. A, what is he third in the league for defenseman? I think it is second in the league for defenseman. somewhere there. up there. Yeah. Um, I think what you will never see lacking in Keith Yandel's game is passion. When he makes one of those mistakes that he gets so much flack for on Twitter and on the other social media sites, you will see no one more frustrated with themselves than Keith Yandel because Keith Yandel loves the game of hockey and loves the guys that he's playing with. And I think that's what's so cool about this team is that bond that they have. And I think, as you said it, I think you put the nail right on the head there. He is the glue of this team. Whenever you're watching, they do those silly things in the on the Jumbotron. They're saying, which guy is going to make up the silly nickname or whatever it is. The answer is always, always Keith Yandel. They right. always say he is that guy that keeps everyone loose. Yes, he's going to make some defensive zone follies. Is that a good way to put it? Sure. On occasion.
0: Uh... I mean, a lot of that comes with the effort to make something exceptional happen. Right. He might be trying to make, like, an amazing long home the run pass. that doesn't. Yeah. So it, it's not like it's just, like, you know, a mistake out of nowhere that, like, oh, I just, you know, overstated the puck and it's sitting there in the slot and I'm in the corner now. It's nothing like that. It's any mistakes that you'll see from the Panthers defensemen, especially of late, Not that's just not Keith Yandel. It's been Weger. It's been Eckblad. They're all – really trying to make things happen offensively, trying to push the puck off the ice in this Twinville system. And that is going to, you know, you'll live and die by it. And he has 15 power play points, which is... Half of his production. I, I mean, that's... It's there probably a quarter of his ice time and it's half of his production. 15 so power important. play
1: points. You know the guys who are ahead of him? There's only one, and his name is Jonathan Huberdeau. And we're going to talk about him in a little while and the unbelievable season that man is having. You know who's right behind him It's Alexander Barkov. So you have a defenseman, and we know that he's he's one of the best in the entire NHL at what he is paid to do. Uh, I, you know, you and I are are we know that we're on the same page about about Yans. About yeah, yeah. So
0: Yans is great. I'm I couldn't be happier with Keith Yandel and the way he's played. Not just this year, but the last few years. And um, when, you know, like we were just saying, when, when you add in the intangibles of the off-the-ice element, it, his importance to this team just really cannot be measured. And I'm quite sure that this coaching staff couldn't be happier with him.
1: I completely agree with you. And you now have the Josh Browns to be that defend, the dependable defensive right. defenseman. Well, you sign it, a guy like Strawman, who we'll exactly. get to in a few minutes. Yeah, for These sure. guys that are going to be back when someone like Yandel or Ekblad gets maybe caught up in the rush. And speaking of Ekblad, next on our list, number five, Aaron Ekblad. Look how that works.
0: He's still just 23 years old, Ian. It feels like he's been (laughs) around forever. And he's still just 23 years old. And I think this year, maybe more than anybody on the team, I have been happy with the step forward Ekblad has taken this year. He is coming into his own as he's acting like a number one pick should act, playing like a number one pick should play. And for defensemen, I think harder than goaltending is one of the most difficult developmental positions in hockey. With the it, it takes them longer to become consistent at the highest level that there is. That's why you don't see many undefensemen. So that's why I'm like, oh, Josh Brown, only 26. Eckblad's just 23. Right. And he is
1: having a year that is just amazing, especially over the last few weeks. It's almost like there are some Panthers fans that don't want to believe he's having as good of a season as he's having, right? Is it because... We will sit there and we'll watch these 10 good things that he does. and then the one, you know, he trips behind the he trips behind the goal line. Nothing happens, right? There's not a, there's no goal scored or anything like that. But that's the only thing we hear about. Uh, we were talking about this right before we started. I know people have an issue with the plus minus plus minus statistic. But when a player, especially a defenseman, is what I say, plus 15, yeah, it's it, you're not going to be able to argue that there's not something there. He's plus fifteen in December, and it's Ekblad. Right. I, I have I have like, almost that's... I have almost I have almost nothing to complain about. No, he's There's nothing. He's been great.
0: Uh, positioning in the defensive zone, he's skating strong and with purpose. The way that he's recognizing plays, and I, you may we may have been in a game together recently where he jumped up in the neutral zone, reading a play from the other team, seeing their breakout, jumping it. up, stealing the puck, and turning it into an offensive chance the other way. It was just it was so quick and it happened. But watching his mind work out there, like you can see, the game has the really IQ.
1: slowed down for him. I think this is the best we're seeing him play since the concussions. Yeah. I think we're finally back to seeing the Ekblad we were expecting to see all of these years, and I think Panthers fans need to accept that he is doing the things that he's being asked to do, and he's probably doing them at a higher level than anyone was even expecting him to this season. Yeah, for expectations, it's hard to say. I don't like to...
0: You know try to guess what somebody else is especially in the coaching staff but you have to think that this is best career season and it's doesn't it's not like a flash in the pan it's like a progressive thing and and the thing that kind of has reverberated across the lineup to basically anybody that I've talked to over the course of this season when I ask them you know you're playing better like you know what's going it all comes back to the same word and it's confidence and so that begs the question, where's the confidence coming from? Why is everybody why isn't it just one or two guys? Where do you think this confidence is coming from?
1: You think maybe it has to do with a guy named Q? I think it's absolutely got <laughs> to do with a guy named Q and his
0: coaching staff. And the way that if you research Q, just the way that he's coached over his entire career, we're spending three decades at this point, he is a coach's coach. That's what we know. But positive reinforcement, he's not gonna tear a guy down. He's gonna enforce it positively. He'll send his message to you by sticking you at the end of the bench for a period,
1: but he's not gonna go in the locker room and rip you to shreds afterwards. I think what I've loved some of your coverage that you've done uh, lately. The story you were just doing, you just did about the the giant puck, and what was the other? What was the other the thing? The sword they fighting. The sword fighting. This team seems to be having more fun. Yeah. There, there was this. Maybe it was because there was this cloud of they kept getting so close and just missing it by a little bit let's you know forget last season what happened but they were there was this cloud that was hanging over these guys of it's now or never it's now or never it's now or never and now it just seems like they're enjoying themselves and maybe it has something to do with the fact that they're winning games but which came first the chicken or the egg right i think these guys are having a lot of fun i think the guy on the bench is providing a lot of confidence i think we saw that in that very first the video of that very first meeting he had with them, the respect that he commands. Well, what did he tell them that first day?
0: Because it was like a day or two after the season ended, and he said to the ro- – all the players are standing in the back of the room just looking up at him, and he's like, I want you to think about this time next year where we'll be just coming off the ice preparing for our first-round playoff opponent. Like, you say that to a group of guys that just had the shit season that they had with the talent on that roster, and now you've got a coach. You – you know what his track record is. The respect right. is going to be there. Like, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about that moment <laughs> again because it was like, wow, the Panthers are doing everything they can to step out of that, like, mired in mediocrity aura that they'd been steeped in for, what, two decades it felt like. And, and I think, getting back to your point about fun, Ian, Q said it best last week. He said, winning is fun. So I th- get it. Yeah, he says they'd go hand in hand, in his opinion.
1: I, I I couldn't agree more. Um, and getting back to what we were talking about with Aaron Eckblad, I think he's having more fun this season. I think he's trusting himself more this season, and I think he has a coach that trusts him this season. I don't think uh, – that's not to say Bob Bugner or any of the guys before did not trust Aaron Eckblad. I think Aaron Eckblad is being allowed to play Aaron Eckblad's game. He's earning the trust, too, with the way he's playing. Th- he, has a, he has a phenomenal hockey IQ. The ability to read plays. When we're up in the press box, it's easy to see a play, right? We are up high and we can see that play developing. We can see where a guy is about to cut. We can see where a pass is about to go. Aaron Eckblatt has a un, has an uncanny ability to do that. Yeah, to it's read a play so
0: fast it, when you're on the ice. Like anybody who, if you guys can make it to a practice, even if you haven't seen hockey up close down low, the speed and the way that these guys have to react, it's ridiculous. And Ian, you and I have played the game. Obviously, not at that level. No. But I mean, just to see it happening right. that fast, like,
1: can you imagine having to be on the ice? Well, and, and that's that's why half the time when another team's goalie makes a save, if we're not sitting next to each other, we're texting each other, going, man, how did he do that? Because right? we'll see two things happen at once. Yeah. And then all of a the sudden there's a flash and somehow someone made a save. So the appreciation for the ability for Aaron Eckblad to slow the game down in his head everything that's what I that's what I mean by slowing the game down because everything's moving at the same speed but for him yeah everything is I think slowing down they talk about this with quarterbacks right when the game slows down for them and everything isn't moving a million miles an hour and you can see that play developing and I think that we're seeing I don't want to say a resurgence because I feel like that's not giving him enough uh, giving him enough credit but I think we're seeing the Aaron Eckblad we expected to see and that we hope to continue seeing those steps forward. Yeah, I, there's no reason to suspect otherwise. I think this
0: year, the way that he's progressing and the environment that he's doing it in, there's no reason to think this isn't just the the tip of the iceberg. This is not a flash in the pan. Let's just keep throwing. We're just gonna keep throwing the cliches. <laughs> Let's go. I like it. Uh, next up on the list is. Yeah, this is gonna be a long podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are we? Ten minutes? Fifteen minutes in? Uh, I don't. Even, it doesn't matter. Let's just roll. <laughs> Maybe we'll split it into two episodes and give people go. a break. But either way, we're going to get through it today. Uh, number six, Anton Strahlman. Um, first thought that pops into my head is just, holy crap, did Dale Talon hit on every one of his free agent signings this year? Because they've all been great. And Nolichari. they've all- We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> well, no, like, seriously, like, every signing he's made in the offseason was so, like, meticulously that he picked it out. And, like, yeah, he could have thrown all that money at Artemi Pernarin, but, look, the Panthers have, I think, the third most goals in the league right now with the roster as is. Mm-hmm. So I'm good with that. But with Strawman, I mean, Strawman is, like, your quintessential defensive defenseman except the fact that he's got some skill at the blue line. He's made a couple of nice moves. And the goal he had the other night, just throwing the puck at the net – and it bounces in off a of skate. You know what? That's a smart hockey play. Just throw it at the net. That's going happen. to happen. It's going right that's from just, one goalie to it's another. It's going to happen. I hate it when people just <laughs> throw it at the net at a time where you're not necessarily ready.
1: And but, a low shot that's going to bounce off someone's skate or bounce off your own player's stick, which is exactly what happened. It bounced off someone's. Didn't it bounce off someone else's right. foot? Another uh, one of the other team.
0: Yep. But yeah, with Strawman, like just going over my notes, he's great with his stick. He reads plays well because he's a smart player. He's had a couple Yandel-esque breakout passes that have been really nice. He doesn't take the same measured, calculated risks that some of the other defensemen take. But again, I think with our defensemen, you're getting what you pay for. So with with Strawman, his defensive zone coverage, especially with his stick, and I must have taken the same note, like, Seven or eight times over the course of
1: the season, where I just wrote down how strong and how good his stick is in the defensive zone. You know what Anton Stralman knows how to do is, Anton Stralman knows how to win games. Yeah, he has. He had the fortune of being on a very, very, very good Tampa team. He was on. He went to the finals in back-to-back years with the Rangers and the Lightning. This guy knows how to win games, and I think that with how old is Anton Stralman? He's thirty-three. So he's he and Yandel are your two. You're two old men on the blue line. You're elder statesmen. Anton Strauman. Yandel is not the... We, we just spoke about this. Yandel's not the guy you're going to. He's going to be back. He's going to be solid on D all game. We we know that. Yandel's not, probably not going to be on the ice with 90 seconds left up by one. Anton Strauman is going to be on the exactly. ice. He is that guy that knows how to close out a game. He knows how to settle down yeah. some of these young guys. And I think that you're starting to see that on the ice and I think he has some of that Yandel ability to create the offensive breakout. It's uh, more selective of when I, I he tries to break it out of the toolbox. Exactly the word I was going to use is selective. Yeah. But he's another guy where dependable feels like a strong word. But he's the guy that I he's the guy I want in with ninety seconds yeah. left and you're up by a goal. That's why you gave him that
0: contract. And he's playing exactly as you hoped there was you know the injury concerns from last year, obviously he hasn't missed the game. No, he he's, seems healthy. Yeah. Now he, knock on all the wood. Yeah. No, but like <laughs> what you, to your point about strawman and like when you when you speak to him and you just see how he is in the locker room, like he's such like a, he's very calm, Coming cool, presence. and collected. But he's so honest. Like he's not gonna be like screaming or freaking out or getting all animated. But he'll just stand there, very calm, and just say, "Yeah, we suck tonight." Like I, I'm trying to. Remember. I don't remember exactly which game. It was one of the games and and the, the three the three yeah, in a three row between kid. the Tampa uh islanders and boston week and at one he's just like we all sucked bob was the only one that was good we have to be better and he was right well but that's the thing like he's not (laughs) doing it to bash his teammates you go around that locker room and 18 other guys are going to agree with him right so it that again the veteran leadership the stable dependability on the back line uh, you're, you're
1: getting absolutely what you want and you're getting i mean he's got 11 points you know, it's not like he's not contributing in the offensive zone either. No, that's, a, that's on a pace between
0: 20 and 30 points, which that's great for a defenseman, especially a defenseman that you can have out there for those big defensive minutes. Right. Next up, we're, is our first forward? Our first forward. All right. Colton Sevier, number oh, wow, seven.
1: That's, oh, yeah, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Colton Sevier's <laughs> next. C- seven comes after six. Uh, but when, I became I mean, a
1: reporter, so I didn't have to do math. Gotcha. Is that math? Well, you also, you know, pucks
0: the head. That's my go-to excuse for (laughs) anything. A couple of them. No, I mean, Colton Sevier, when he first got signed, uh, was it like three years, three summers ago now, four summers ago? I think it's four. Um, I I just remember thinking, this is a guy who's going to be a fan favorite. He's like, uh, uh, comparable is uh, in Nashville, Colton Sissons, somebody who you can just pop pretty much anywhere in the forward ranks. We've seen Sevier play top six minutes, and we've seen him play a lot of bottom six minutes, and he can produce wherever. He was basically like a Noel Achari-type guy before Achari got here. He is the utility knife of this team. Yeah. I he mean, is, is great on special teams. Like,
1: one of the best—him and Achari, both great on the PK. And we're, we're recording this on Sunday. He had another opportunity shorthanded last night in Carolina, and Peter Morazic made a great save he this that could have been another shorthanded goal and colton sevier provides motor he's one of those guys that's just never going to stop he's one of (laughs) motor i don't look at me like that when you talk that way (laughs) (laughs) um he's gonna he's one of those guys that's not afraid to go into the corner he's not he's one of those guys that's never going to stop skating um and he's one of those grit guys that you need on every single team i I love Colton Sevier on any line. He can play on any line. Yeah, you can plug him in on a
0: line with with your Barkovs, with your Hubertos, and he's not going to hold the line back. No, he's got
1: he's got the speed. He's got the he's got the skill level with his stick. He's uh, Colton Sevier is a reliable guy that you can plug in play anywhere. Yep. And. On that note, another
0: reliable guy we haven't seen as much lately, but I imagine we will be seeing him again soon. Uh, number eight, Jace Howelluck. Uh Not going to take him off of here, even though he's been out for a little while with the injury. Uh, just grit, sandpaper. like That's what I love about Hauerluck. For, for a guy that was a higher draft pick, he, he really knows how to bring that middle six aura to his game. And I mean, this season, it really looked like he was starting to come into his zone. He was getting so nasty in the offensive zone. I just remember tenacious forechecking, and, and that—that's how he got hurt in the uh, offensive right. zone hit. But, um, but Howell—it's a player that I'm starting to get excited about. Uh, in the last couple of years, I was wondering if he was going to crack the NHL, being that he was a higher draft pick. I—I I can't believe I can't remember if he's a second or third round pick right now. But I—I I know it was one of the two. That's why I have the iPad here. All right, I'm gonna second. keep talking while you look it up. Um, But, no, with Luck, he was really good this year at forcing turnovers. Just everything that you'd want in the offensive zone from that grit, meat, and potatoes type of guy, Luck was bringing that. And I'm looking forward to when he gets back into the lineup just because you see the team overall. The effort level has gone up, and the effort level was never anything that
1: was in question with Luck. He is, first of all, was 32nd overall. Oh, right at the top of the second round. Right at the top of the second round. Um, All those things I said about Colton Sevier... The grit doesn't, not scared to go into the corners. His feet are never going to stop moving. Copy and paste that onto Jace Howerluck and add a higher ceiling.
0: Yeah. He, Howerluck's much younger. He's, I mean, no, no knock on Sevier. Just Howerluck. He's got a little bit more skill. A little, his hands are really, really strong for somebody who plays that type of game. Yep. Like he's had a couple, re- if you go back and watch his stat or watch his highlights over the last I mean, 18 months, he's had a couple really sweet little dangles. He,
1: at. Uh, he is—he plays with grit. He is a skill player that plays with grit. Does that make sense? It does. He is a—he is a skill guy that can stick handle with the best of them. He's got soft hands. I mean, He's, you,
0: skill players with grit—you know, players like Marshan come to mind. With, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, take that dirty look off your face, okay? Like I—I <laughs> I know, it's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's almost
1: impossible not to. All
0: right, all right, well, we're gonna move on. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to move on to, to number nine, who... The the giant on skates? Uh, you know, he's like the gentle giant. You watch him play, and he can get really mean out there, and then you speak to him in the locker room, and you have to, like, lean in. Soft-spoken. Very soft-spoken. But Brian Boyle, I, I like, first off, that he chose to sign with Florida. He had his selection of a handful of teams that were trying to sign him, and he wanted to come here because he recognized... The potential of what was building here and happening, and you you speak about Strawman being a winner. Brian Boyle, he's been to the playoffs a lot during his career. Certainly knows how to be on a winning team. And uh, the first one of the first things I want to get to is a big area of improvement with the Panthers that he's helped, and that's in the faceoff circle. And we'll we'll speak about this as we go through the centers. But just overall, in the last month or so, basically, yeah, since about the beginning of December around the Thanksgiving break, faceoffs have been much improved. He
1: leads the team with a fifty-four point six percent faceoff percentage. Yeah, he has. He has that ability to be that calming presence. Look, he's thirty-five years old. He's the oldest guy on the team. He's the elder statesman. He knows how to win. He knows how to be in those in that position. But to be able to contribute the way he has in the face in the faceoff dot, and also planting himself in front of the net and doing what he does best of. Not only, you know, anyone can screen a goalie. When you have the size he has and the ability to, he is, I would say there's no one better on the team than him at redirections and deflections.
0: And you you look at last night's game at Carolina. He set himself up in front of the net. And the replays didn't really show how great of a tip that was because he reached to his left. And the putt deflected to his right off the post, and, and went it off, was past be- Mrazic's blocker and beautiful. in. Beautiful, absolutely gorgeous, so, like, and wow. and it was
1: a it was a good screen. You see guys today in today's game, and I, I don't even fault some of them because they're not the biggest guys in the world who stand to the side of the goalie and put their stick and try to deflect it. Brian Boyle is that old school stand in front of you, the one that we hated, right? The guy that yeah. we would take. Cheap shots at their at their at back their, of their back legs, of their ankles, right, and their and other I don't want to say they're Achilles, uh, or right or that, uh, but he's going to stand in front of you, he's going to block your he's going to make you look around him, and you and I as goalies can can say smaller goalies, <laughs> <laughs> okay, neither of us is over five eleven, we know that, <laughs> but the just that small move of having to peer around a player put you that inch and a half out of position or causes you to react that half a second slower yep that's well, a goal
0: as a goaltender you know we can both attest your stance is your foundation to your game and when you're being forced out of your stance to to look to the left or we as, both we as, can't help it we keep we keep both demonstrating and moving away from the
1: microphone
0: <laughs> but but that that's the point though and and to, for Brian Boyle like that's the kind of thing that he can bring to the table but in addition to that, what I like when we talked about the off ice stuff, the other night when Achari had his second hat trick of the week and he swore on the penalty shot, if and this great shot of the bench exploding was awesome. Right. In the middle of that explosion, the biggest burst of them all was Brian bleeping Boyle just going nuts. And it was so awesome to see it. And as Achari stated at the bench, Boyle's just got him in a headlock and he's face washing him and it was just who was, so it, that, who
1: was it that poured uh, that squirted the I'm water bottle? Sure. I it saw Pesach? the water
0: bottle come in. I'm not sure. It pissed that it may have been. Pesach. I think it was
1: Mark. Uh, you know what? I, I just I love the I love the bond this team has this year. I love it. The core guys, right? They've talked about the core, the core, the core, the core, the core for five, ten years now. Not ten, five years.
0: It's Huberto's eighth season. Isn't
1: that ridiculous? He feel he, and we'll talk about well, that yeah. in a moment. Um it feels like it's not just the core anymore. It feels like the I, I'm going to put air quotes that you can't see unless you're sitting in front of me. I the, to the surrounding players right that are filling in the rest of it, guys. the complimentary yeah. guys again, air quotes complimentary yeah. because one of those complimentary guys is your leading goal scorer, but anyway, uh feel like they are part of the core. Yeah. It feel the the chemistry you th- you see between Evgeny Dadanov, Jonathan Huberdo, Alexander Barkov feels like it is the entire team, not just the individual guys.
0: It's like to 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 put my green thumb on for a moment, uh, it's like the they planted the seeds <laughs> with the Barkovs and the Huberdos and the Ekblads. The they took root. They're starting, and now those roots are just growing. And it's not just like one plant anymore. It's like a whole little garden of <laughs> Panthers
1: Town. <talent. laughs> you're looking at
0: me because I'm making these funny. It is. It is, it is funny. He's but, he's
1: making an entire garden on the uh, on the table here. All right, who's our next guy?
0: Our next guy is our leading goal scorer that you just alluded to. Um, another one of these great signings by Dale Talon in the summer, and that's 27 uh, year old Brett Connolly, who looks like he's. Maybe 10 years mm-hmm. older. He mm-hmm. speaks like he's such a mature guy. He's
1: younger than both of us and looks like he's 10 well, years older than both of us. When
0: you're a former first-round pick and you've been around the league a little bit the way Connolly has and he's really had to overcome some... I'm appearance. sorry. You have
1: to refer to him as leading goal scorer, Brett Connolly.
0: LGS, Brett Connolly. <laughs> um, but no, like, It makes sense why he's so mature and why he's got such a great handle on his game to this point because he's really come a long way to get here and, and really... He's been so solid, no matter what role you put him in, five-on-five, five special teams. He is just... We keep using the word solid and predictable for Q's term. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, with Connolly, what I didn't expect, how friggin' accurate is his shot? A wicked wrist. Like, I first started
1: to see it in training camp, where you're like, God, he's hitting the bar every time. That guy can shoot. He can shoot, and every time he winds up, he lines up for that wrister, there is a... Better than there is a better than nothing chance that it's going in, or it's creating a rebound right that gives another guy a chance at it. He is exciting to watch. He has provided a spark for his line, whatever line that Q decides to <laughs> make that day to day. Yes, which we don't question because
0: I need his current line dear lord. To get it's a working. Spark though. That, that's we're gonna get to that at some point in here, but. I- for all the amazing stuff that's been going on since Hugh put the lines in the blender and, and mixed up the, yep. the Barkov, Dadenov, Huberdeau Huberto line, I feel like that top line with, is it Vertrano, Vetrano, Barkov, Barkov, and Connolly? Connolly, oh, excuse me. Yeah, like, I'm just, they haven't really done a whole lot, which it's like, you know, the Panthers are winning, so I'm not getting that complaining about right. but this is Barkov's line. Like, there should be some
1: level of production. So I'm wondering when it's going to get going. What does that say about our Jonathan Huberto? Well,. Mike uh, what uh, He's next. We'll get, he's we'll get next. To him in a minute. You thought the other parts were long. Yeah. No, no. Uh,
0: <laughs> before we get to Huber, though, like just one thing on Connolly that I wanted to that I wanted to bring up here and when you talk about that amazing shot and as he and you can see as he's getting ready to, to let it rip, he doesn't do a good enough job, in my opinion, of getting open and creating the ability to take that shot. He doesn't take it enough. You don't see him this is a guy who should have four or five shots on goal a game. Yeah. And so that, that's, like, my only critique of Connolly, and, you know, obviously you don't want to critique anybody, and he's been playing really well. But if he can figure out a way to just create a little bit more space for himself.
1: Take a page out of Hoffman's book.
0: I mean, Hoffman in October, maybe. It's been a struggle for Hoffman right. as well. Um, Especially five-on-five. Five. But with Hoffman, it's, it's a lot of the one-timer right. Right, is his bread and butter. Um, with Connolly, it's either. Like, he's got a great one-timer, but his wrist shot is lethal. It's unbelievable. And, and it's got so much pace to it. So, for Connolly, I mean, really, all good things. It's just you, you can see a little bit more potential there.
1: He's also uh, one of those guys you can depend on offensive—one of the offensive guys you can depend on to come back in the defensive defensive zone and yep. provide a second guy that's going to be reliable, a oh, guy yeah. coming back that's going to be his reliable. His back-checking is one is of the strong. best
0: in the league—or one of the best in the team. Yep. He's always going—like, you used that term earlier, the motor. He's His motor's always running, yep. active in all three zones.
1: And he's 27. He looks He looks like he's 37.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Like, I, I, I was a little surprised when I when I put those together after seeing him earlier in the year. But, I like I said, I think that's just a testament to what he's been through in his career and how much work and time and effort he's put in to get to this point. And it's just really nice that he's his his career path is starting to take off, and we're able to see it here in Florida. it's just a nice positive thing. Yeah, and. Speaking of nice, positive things, Ian, I'm going to go ahead and let you uh, intro this next guy.
1: So, you may have heard of him. Uh, he goes by Jonathan Huberdo. You may have heard his name once or twice. He's number 11. Uh, and he's playing the best hockey of his career, fair to say? Yeah. And You don't have to say that with a question mark at the it, end. He's definitely playing better than he's ever exclamation played. Exclamation point? Yeah, right. That- My goodness. We are seeing... The, is it fair to say, I, I, resurgence isn't the word because he had a career high, he had a career high season last year too, but we're seeing. He hit the Nas,
0: the Nas button for a Fast and the Furious <laughs> turn. He, he hit the Nas button on on the ascension of his career. My goodness. And yeah, like, you know, he's living his life a quarter mile at a time right now. And holy crap, is he putting up, it's like four points every game it seems like. It's
1: unbelievable. He's, he's basically giving getting three assists a game. Yeah that's what he's on pace for over 100 points which and i mean
0: 47 points through 35 games
1: my goodness and and i mean 13 goals 34 assists it's not like he's you know pavel bereing and just shooting 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 no. the guy is i mean his hands and the ability to create opportunities he put a puck for it was one of achari's in i think it was achari's first hat trick uh, of this week. I love that we have to distinguish. Right. Between we have to distinguish. Ha- <laughs> uh, one of Achari's goals in that game. Huberto makes a move, draws two defensemen, passes across to Achari. But first it goes through Trocek's legs. He put it through Trocek too. And Trocek just sort of turned and watched because it's just, it's magical what he's doing. And there have been so many people that have said, you know, anyone can play at a high level on Alexander Barkov's line. Jonathan Huberto is proving that it's not just because he plays with Alexander Barkov that he plays at this level. He is making guys around him better, and he's making this team better.
0: It, it kind of makes you wonder, to, to the point you just made, was it Barkov making Huberto better, or could it have been a little bit of the other way around too? Because Barkov is struggling a little bit since they've been split up, and Huberto... Is continuing to excel, so uh, we know Barkov is amazing. Like, there's no denying the skill that Barkov has. It's just right. interest. Maybe this is going to be a good growth point for him, and we can get into this uh, in a few numbers down the line. But, um, but God, man, it's, it's just such a pleasure watching Huberto. And I mean, you talked about the pass he made to Achari. Of those, you know, seven or you know, thousand goals Achari scored in the last week, <laughs> how many of them have been like empty net goals
1: because of really, really good passes? At least at least yeah, three, two if not three of them so almost half half yeah. of his and you know last night he had his his seventh and three games and that was uh, you that know, was a great shot it was a great shot which he, is great he, to see from him too like and he flat out it, we'll get to him in a moment uh we really want to talk about him. but I love that you're so uh what you guys can't see is that David has vi- like very detailed notes about every player. And his only notes for Jonathan Huberdeau are pacing for best season yet, playing the best hockey of his career. Well, I actually flipped to the next page, assuming there was more, and there's nothing else but but because I. There's nothing hard Huberdeau, to say. Like,
0: you just that's easy. Like I, I, don't have to write down notes to to go over Huberdeau's season in my head because it's just been it's been great. Can you
1: name anything he hasn't done well this season? Anything. Um, and I'm not talking individual games because he, of course I don't think Spencer his save
0: away. percentage is that good. Um, <laughs> No, I, you know I, <laughs> that I would be what you jump to. I guess maybe, you know, the the go to would be you'd like him to shoot more. And you know, I actually asked him about this on I guess it'd be the last episode of the podcast when mm-hmm. he came on. Um and he said that it's been something that's been very much on his mind. He's he spends time on it in the off season on his decision-making and now he feels like he's got a great shot and he knows he has the great pass and playmaking ability so he said he feels like he's doing good at mixing it up and he's comfortable with how often he's shooting but I'm sure you know maybe a little bit more aggression in that but I mean I don't even want to say that because he's playing so well just dude just keep
1: doing your thing you can't argue with right now three assists a game and it's just he is and this is not a shot at Alexander Barkov. Right now, Jonathan Huberto is the best guy on the ice for the Florida Panthers. Yeah. No, and there's I, I, not really fine. a question.
0: It, it, it's not a competition to see who's playing the best because there's so many of really solid fl- players on this team. But Huberto is just playing out of his mind right now. And it's just going to be fun to see if if this is just the, the, you know, I think I used this phrase already, but the, the tip of the iceberg. If, if we're just seeing. The beginning of, just again, just 26 years old. Like, he's been around forever, but he's still just 26. It's he's him, not even getting into his prime yet. He's him, just getting into
1: it. Him, Ekblad, Barkov. feels like these guys, Trocek, feels like they've been around for a decade. Yeah, they and, were on a line and, oh, with oh, Scott wait, and Ole Okunin back in the day. Like, they've been around <laughs> for a while. And, oh, wait, Huberto almost has been around for a decade. Eight years? Yeah. I mean, uh, thank and His good- first year was the lockout season. Thank goodness he's on our team. Yeah. I <laughs> wouldn't no want to play against them.
0: All right, back to uh, back to well, I, I was gonna say back to the defenseman. I was gonna
1: say, do we know what can we? What do we say he plays?
0: Just, he's a u. He's a utility guy. Utility guy. Mark Pisick, Um I'm I'm happy that he's found a role, whatever that you want to call that role. Um, he's getting in the lineup, and I really like when he plays forward. Like because it's so solid in Q system, it it's that tough, tenacious offensive zone mindset, possessing the puck. He's not making mistakes. He's, no, he's not hurting you out there. No. and I think what does he? He's got like uh, two two points in the last three games or something like that. Like he's, he has
1: a he has a goal and an assist. I think right. Yeah.
0: So which hey great. So, it, it, you know, looking down at, at my extensive notes here, Ian. Um, <laughs>
1: there are some more notes here than for Huberto,
0: yes. No. No, confirm. It's just, um, it's nice that with Pissick, because earlier in the season, it was thought that they were trying to trade him and it, they couldn't really find a spot, and he was didn't really get in the lineup at all the first couple right. of weeks. And and so now, like, when Howelluck got
1: hurt, and they, uh, well, let's just slide Pissick forward. Yeah, and he's been great. And it's nice to have a defensive-minded forward. Does that make sense? Of course. Someone that I'm not saying that any of our forwards don't know how to play defense, but to have a forward that knows how to play defense first, but can also—he still has that nose for the nose for the goal, and it, like you said, he's not hurting you. Yeah. I I came into the season expecting, and as I think a lot of people did, expecting that. Do uh, you pronounce it Pissick? Is it pessic Pissick? I. I say Pissick, I think that's... uh... I expected Mark. uh, (laughs) I I came into the season, honestly, I did not expect Mark to be in a Florida Panthers jersey by the end of this season. And that's not because I thought he was a detriment, per se. I think he caught some unfair flack over the offseason. But I think that sometimes the Panthers have some stronger options at D. But...
0: I think also the expectations have maybe changed a little bit for what you're looking for out of not just your defenseman, but just generally where each player's position is. That's exactly
1: what I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. That (laughs) but was, but he fits a role that Q likes. Q loves him. Q talks, uh, is glowingly a fair fair word about him? Maybe slightly below that, I feel like that's a high praise for Q.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean— well, I mean, the thing about Q is he's never going to rip anybody to the media. Hey, he
1: complimented you on on national TV. That was that was that was my Christmas, my early Christmas present. That was. <laughs> David just became an eight year old boy. You guys missed it. He just he just sort of clapped and. <laughs> yeah,
0: that. What, what can I say? That was really cool. It was, it was I, I, it's very been, cool. It's been a thing for me this year because I've really been trying to understand Q's system and really trying to just pay attention to what he says and how he wants the, his players to play. And so it's been a process. And when you get a nod of approval from Q, and when he gives you a compliment, it's uh, it's pretty cool. So yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna shy away from that. I you should have shy away. I, it was great. I, I made sure I saved that video, and and I'll and I'll be showing it to my my children years from now. A
1: very well asked question, sir.
0: So, thank you. <laughs> Next number on the list is uh, number fourteen, Dom Tuminado. And uh, really, I I didn't know what to expect with Tony. He came in the trade over the summer. And he, he was fine during training camp. It, right. He was kind of in that Howard Luck realm of guys that you knew had that high motor that could go out there and just kind of bang around a bit. Uh, beyond that, I didn't know much. But he's been, he's been really solid. He's come up. He's played some center. He's played some wing. And, uh, and I feel like the recurring team that we're saying about some of these guys is they're not detrimental. They're not hurting you, right? So, you no, know, there it is.
1: I, and I, had said this to you. I'm not, I'm not sure that you fully agree with me on this. But I had said when, first of all, it's nice to see another. This is not what I said. It is nice to see another big body out there that can, that can move, and he can move the puck, and yeah. and you, you trust him out there. Um, what I had said to you a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, and then I had said a, a, about an hour ago back to you. And I'm not, and again, I'm not sure if you fully agree. I would love to see a little bit more offensive production from him I recognize the line that the lines that he's been put on Um, I see him digging in the boards I see him trying to I see him doing his job there I sometimes feel like he is so focused on not making a mistake that he doesn't create the opportunities that he could be for another guy that is not to say he's not playing well I think he, especially for a guy that was tr- brought in on a trade and then called up after how many games? Uh, you know, I don't even know how many games he's played so far, but I think, I think he's think probably he's, played in the 10 to 15 at this point. I think point. he's been solid. He's got, what was the numbers? He's 3-1 and one for yeah, four points. Four points. Um, I would like to see him... It's what I was talking about with Eckblad. Kind of
0: like, well, yeah, it's like what we were saying with Connolly as well. Like, It's not like you're not getting what you want, but you can see the potential for perhaps right. a little bit more.
1: And What I was saying with Eckblad, where the game moves very fast, it looks like it's still moving a little fast for him, is what yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. As it, you know, rightfully so. you know when you've, only, when you've only played a handful of games in the NHL, comparatively to these guys that have been around for, you know, a billion years— um, He's coming on, and again for a guy that gets—I don't know what you're pointing to and laughing at. We'll get to uh, it in a second. You know, I,
1: I just said he's a young guy, and then I looked at the age, and he's 25, and that means he's older than Alexander Barkov. And I didn't—I thought he was even younger than he is. That's not a shot at him. It's just hilarious how young the core of this team is. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, Continue. You're,
0: you're good. Um, uh, let's just get to Barkov. He's next on the list. Oh. 24 years old. Uh, I heard, you know, he—he's good. I've never heard of him. I. <laughs> Let's just that, move that's to the next like, guy. That, that, no, but like <laughs> you, you make me laugh when you say that because it's like it's Alexander Barkov, and down here in South Florida, we're well aware of who Barkov is and how amazing he is. But again, it, it we you never can get past that most underrated guy in the league. Uh, you know, less least is known superstar,
1: but it's still there every year. It's he's like, a you top feel like ten guy in the league, and there's not a question. The
0: players about it. know who he is. There's for sure, but you know whether it's in the media or fans around the league, he just. God, if a guy like Barkov was playing anywhere in Canada, anywhere in the Northeast, yep. I mean, his jerseys are probably, you know, top three in the NHL store. Yep. But, you know, uh. anyway, that, that none of this really matters in the grand scheme of things <laughs> because who gives a shit if people are recognizing him or not? He's got 40 points this year. His face-offs are over 50%. And, I mean, yes, I, currently on the line he's been on for the last three games, okay, small sample size, I'd like to see more out of it. Right. But I mean, overall, Barkov is just. There's been times in the neutral zone where I feel like he could reach from blue line to blue line. He's so magic. Amazing. It is
1: unbelievable. And I think does he plays with a long stick, right? He plays with a stick that's even longer. So um, when Barkov started out this season, I don't. People probably don't even remember this until we remind them. Remember how many games it was before he scored? Uh, At least eight or nine. Uh, and everyone was sort of going, "What's well, happening? What's well, happening?"
0: Because he still had more assists than he's right. played, so it was like okay, he's still. We're still scoring with him right. out there. He, he still had-, had
1: plenty of points. Um, he, he, he's just, he's just so good. I, I agree. I, there's, there's so little to say. Um, when I agree, right now it wouldn't be nice to see that line. I'm actually surprised that they're struggling a little bit because Vetrano is a shooter, right? You don't have to. You don't have to ask him twice to shoot the puck. Um, and Barkov, while he can shoot, we know that he'd rather pass the puck ten yeah. times out of ten. I mean, he can be going in on empty net, and he's going to pass the puck. Uh,
0: he passed an empty net last night in Carolina.
1: I, I don't get it. But anyway, I, I get it's unselfish, but nonetheless, so
0: it's it makes him who he is, and we love who he is. Right. So you know. You can't can't have it all. No,
1: I, I would love to see a little bit more production from that line. I agree with you. I'm not overly concerned. Alexander Barkov's going to figure it out, just like we were saying yeah, in the course. beginning of the season. And uh, we're worried
0: about him figuring it out, and he still has 40 points and 35 games. And we're not even half.
1: We're not even halfway yeah. through the season.
0: I mean, with him and Huberto, something that I, they both have mentioned to me different times when I spoke to them this year. It, you know, when you speak about what well, you, you know, right? You ask them both basically the same question: playing your best hockey of your career over the last couple of years. The first thing that they both mentioned to me when I said that. Well, I played 82 games. No, th- I oh. played 82 games last year. I'm getting I haven't been hurt. No injuries. I've been able to be consistent and I really think that you not you. I think <laughs> we, the collective we as, as hockey me. fans maybe don't appreciate how much you can get thrown off of your game and out of your routine with an in- forgetting whatever the injury may be to your body just getting out of your routine, and you could be on, like, a really nice string of games, pop out of the lineup, and that's actually
1: a okay, great we're, we're segue t-
0: until the next per- person on our list. Two more now. Oh, wait, well, yeah, Matheson. I was going to say the guy two two down. No, uh, I think about more with Matheson, and this is why, as we have now officially moved on to Mike Matheson, number 19. Back to the defense. When, when I watched Matheson in training camp and in the preseason and in the first few weeks of the season, I thought he and Ekblad were co step forward guys this year. Yep. I I had not seen Matheson play as well as he was playing earlier in the year. And then the Pittsburgh game came along at the end of October. I think it was like the 22nd. And he got hurt in the Pittsburgh game. And, and he missed 5 games, not a lot. But when he came back
1: Significant though. We're only what 30 what we say 35 games in. Yeah. So, significant.
0: Yeah. A- and at the time it was, you know, a big chunk of the right. season. He it's taken him until maybe the last two or three games to start looking like he was getting back to that form from earlier in the year. And with Matheson, I mean, he's got the big contract. He's Him and Ekblad are supposed to be the future of our defensive core. And Ekblad, you're, we're absolutely seeing him take that right. step forward. And with Matheson, I really thought that was happening earlier in the year. And that injury, I think, really derailed him a bit. So hopefully, again, the last few games, I've been seeing more of it. You've seen the confidence is growing. He's scoring. He... You know what else, and this is something that uh, it, it's not just Matheson, but something something that I've noticed, and I want to run it by you.
1: When was the last time you saw a
0: defenseman on his belly on the ice?
1: Oh, doing one of those slides to try to stop. And, the and puck? I'm not
0: saying that it's the because even when they were doing it earlier in this year, what they were, they with. were they made the play. But when was the last time you saw a defenseman in the defensive zone off of his skates when he wasn't blocking a shot? How long has it been since somebody's I, done that? I can't that?
1: think of one. It, it, I mean, it, it became a meme, right? It became a meme for the, for the Florida Panthers but defense. That's what I'm saying. Like how yeah, it, you're right. So, progress. I have to give you credit. You, from, and I, I can attest to this, from day one of, well, I was there for day two of training camp, but nonetheless, from day one of day, of training camp, you have been on top of, hey, Matheson is making that step again. And you have, and I, and I think people don't probably know that. Um, unless they follow you closely, which obviously, if they're listening, they do. But you have been on top of that. I, I fully agree with you. I think that, um, and we're going to talk about it even more after that. But think about uh, think about Huberto with the Achilles. It wasn't It wasn't right away that he came back to the form he's in right now. It right. probably slowed him down half a season. Oh, for sure. Um, so you know, this obviously wasn't as serious of an injury as that. Thank goodness. Uh. I think, Mac, I think Mike Matheson is a guy with upside. I think last I think last season was I think last season was the flash in the pan. I don't think that was I don't think last season was the step that was the norm. Does that make sense? No. Well, last season was for
0: Ekblad and for Matheson. I expected last year to be the take a step forward year, and neither of them really did. No, and, they didn't take a huge step back. But when you're that young. You accept, you expect ascension, right? Not stability.
1: But when well, that's when, probably the wrong word. But you get what I'm I saying. I understand what you mean. Uh, you you don't you don't a steady. You you mean steady? Yeah, like you steady expect plan. a rise. You don't expect them to just keep the
0: mean when you're that young and you're supposed to be improving. Right. You know, day by day, week by week. So. It's good to see that with Matheson. I'm still optimistic that we this so could do I. very much have that step forward year.
1: The guy the people that were that were reacting to last season saying it was time to trade Matheson after you know guys have look look at Ghost right now, right? Shane Gostisbehere was one of the top defensemen in the league and he's having he's having a tough season this year. That's probably not the norm. He's probably the guy that we know we saw, which is exactly what we saw with Matheson 2 years ago. Well, there's so much more to it, and that's why, like, when you and I talk about these
0: things, we don't just look at the stats and start analyzing guys based on their statistics. Because, I mean, as we go through the Panthers roster, like, there's so much more to it than just the stats. It's how are they being used? When are they on the ice? How is the coach treating them? What is he asking of his players? Like, there's so much more that goes into it. So it's really not fair to these guys to to try to put put a label on the way that they play when you're not watching them up close and. You know, unfortunately, that, that's just the world we live in. So that's, Matheson, that's the point of this, actually. Yeah. For all of you listening, that's the point of what we're doing here is education. Like, that's my big thing with hockey is now that I'm immersed with the team, I want to educate because I, I want all Panthers fans to be knowledgeable of what they're seeing. So yeah. that's the point of what we're doing
1: here. And one last thing, I think him getting that goal, uh, that first goal, he's only, he's got two now, but getting that first goal was such a monkey off of his back because we know that – in the offensive zone, Mike Matheson is at his best when he's coming in with a full head of steam, and he can go, he can blow past almost anyone in the league. That guy is fast. Oh, yeah. He's He could be the best skater on the I team. Think, I think he lost a little confidence in that. Yeah, I, I absolutely uh, think, I think that the confidence is coming
0: back. And I think it's coming back. Yeah, I agree with you totally. All right, Vinny T? Well, before we get to Vinny T, we're about an hour in So I'm going to wrap up this episode And then you and I are going to stay sitting here And start the next episode Just to split it up a little bit Fantastic We're going to finish But right now we're going to wrap up episode 8 of the Chirping the Cats podcast Maybe if you need to take a bathroom break or whatever You're going to do that And then we will finish with the uh, roster assessment on episode 9 So Ian, thank you, but don't go anywhere Listeners, thank you The next episode should be here within a day or two. Um, And, yeah, we're going to keep it going. All right? We'll talk to you in a little bit. See ya.